Hey, Gabriel Lake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? Today, we are one of at one of our mutual favorite dive bars in San Francisco. Okay. We're in the Outer Sunset. No. We're, this Try is again. the Inner Sunset? No, this is not the Sunset. Oh, we're in the <laughs> Richmond. God damn it. Sorry, I get my tiki bars mixed up. We are in the Richmond at Trader Sam's. I have to love that this is like one of your favorite places and you still have to just check what was the name of the place. <laughs> this is the one dive bar that I actually know the name of. Usually you just usher me to cool places and I'm like, great. Yeah. I mean, we used to here like several times and I swam my favorite neighborhood bars that is not in my neighborhood. That it didn't used to be in my neighborhood. Now in a different city, so it doesn't count. This but is one of the first places we met up in person after lockdown. I mean, we went to Lone Star, but like recording together after lockdown, we came here. Yeah, I'm trying to think about like this. I think that the first time that we came here is when we were starting to explore every single neighborhood, like the bars yeah. of every single neighborhood. Back and when I had a motorcycle. Yeah, what? Back when I had a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, by then we didn't know about this. I had never been like probably in the original. And it was like just an eye opener. So to everyone listening to us, go to Dive Bars. And go specifically to Trader Sam's. If you're in San Francisco, yep. just go. I mean, this woman deserves it. I mean, just, she just paid for, for our tickets. She just brought her, bought her drinks because we're recording a podcast here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, so we actually now, we owe her. We owe her. So you have to say, when you come back, it's like, hey, those two guys, one of them is Spanier, is that they actually told me about this bar. So technically, this is our first sponsored podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for this happy event, because it's like it almost sounds like we are making it to the big leagues right now, because we're like crossing the line. Uh, what did we watch? This week we watched the 2021 film by Michelle Franco called Sundown, starring Charlotte Gainsbourg and Tim Roth. Yeah, and other people. And other people. No matter. Those are probably the only like household names. Not that Tim Roth is a household name anymore, but. Was he ever? I think, like, when Pulp Fiction came out, he was kind of a big deal. Then he did Four Rooms. And then he did Funny Games. I mean, he was more or less, like, his face was known. Oh, yeah. Charlotte yeah, no, Gainsbourg. Sure. She's a household name in Europe. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> no. And with Roland Emmerich, I think Godzilla. Exactly. Yep. So, uh, as this was your pick, why did you make me watch this? Don't give anything away about how <laughs> you feel. Not, I'm not. I'm just asking, like, why did you choose this movie? Uh, so, to be honest, how we came to the decision to watch this film is my husband texted me and said, hey, I want to see this movie next week. And I said, hey, Jose's coming to stay with us all next week. And he said, see if Jose wants to see it. You said yes. No? We saw it at the Kabuki. No, no. It was, it was a pick. It was a pick. It was a pick. <laughs> so, uh, as this was your pick, I should actually just summarize what this movie is about. That shouldn't be hard. <laughs> it's going to be hard, but I'm going to try to make it like pretty short. Let's see. If I had actually had time like these days with work, I think that I would have tried to just summarize it in a haiku. Because I think that it can be summarized, you know, in just a single sentence, you know. But family in high-end vacation in Acapulco received the news that the mother of, uh, what is the name of the actress again? Charlotte Gainsbourg. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Just call her the woman from Nymphomaniac part one and part two. Okay. The woman that just sustains the floping around of two dicks in front of her face uh, receives the news that her mother died. When they go back to the airport, 
to fly back home in London, the men, the older men on the vacations lost his passport. But to his surprise, he never did. So he stays behind and he embraces a life of hedonist, nihilist, it's a bit more about like he wants to just stay in Acapulco. Not in a nice hotel, not living like the life of a rich person or anything, but he just stays there. And he lies to the woman about going back, about like just trying to get back or finding the, uh, the passport or anything. Basically, he gives zero facts about it. So I think there's two important call-outs here. One, for the first half of the film, we have no idea. We don't know the relationship between yes. them. That's the reason I want to say, like, man and woman. Yes. And besides that, if you look at the casting, is that they don't say the last name of them. Because you only discover it, like, way later. Because if they have said it before, it's probably good having earlier that spoiler alert, dear listeners. And I'm going to say, before they continue, I like this movie. I'm supposed to watch it. That is not what I expected. I know that. Okay. That's the reason why I didn't want you to hear yesterday about like, what I thought about the movie. Well, you spoke in Spanish. No habla español. I know. I know. That's the reason why you, for, you felt so confused about this movie. <laughs> uh, Sorry, and the second call out was um, it's not that he wanted a life of hedonism. I guess it was hedonism, but he left the life of luxury and went to a very gritty sort of Mexican experience. Yeah, it was a bit more about like. This is nice. I don't need like all the kind of high-end, like super expensive stuff that, spoiler alert, again, my sister wants. My sister needs, you know, for her life. It's like, for me, it's like, I don't care. I'm like in paradise. It's like, for me, paradise, I don't care if I'm surrounded by Mexican people. That's not important. I will roll with whatever, you know. But I think that the main... Well, let me just summarize. So he stays there. He lies to his sister about coming back. And then at the end, by surprise, the sister comes back. They said, what the fuck are you doing here? I was still expecting you to come back. Uh, for the mother's funeral. For he the just mother's like... funeral, because it was like the mother of both of them. Yep. So uh, and he saw like zero facts. Uh, then they signed some kind of agreement that he wants to just get detached from the family altogether, as he's going to be there receiving an stipend for the rest of his life. Uh, because we find out that they're actually the heirs yeah. of a billion dollar a slaughter yeah, slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it's like they murder animals. And that's slightly important, not critical, but it's slightly important because then he starts having later like issues of that. But in any case, uh, I'm going to say like Charlotte Rampling every day. I know, but she's much older. Yeah, but it's, what's her name? But also, she's fluent. Uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg. They're both Charlotte. fluent in French, so that's okay. something. Charlotte Gainsbourg actually uh, goes to uh, comes back to uh, to Acapulco looking for him, and after like signing the kind of agreement about like I will leave you everything because I don't give a shit about the money, is that like she gets murdered in a kidnap attempt. At that point, is that like they start suspecting that he was like part accomplice of the murder. Because he was seen hanging out with some of the people that murdered her. Because his new friends on the beach, the locals, they're gangsters, yep. which he didn't really know. I think that he didn't care. Yeah, he didn't give a shit. Yeah, he didn't give a shit. All like when actually she tells him, he said, "Are you safe?" He said, "Of course." Like I don't care. I'm already going to die. It doesn't matter. And he was staying in a hotel, 
clearly unsafe where he got robbed. I mean, they didn't rob him at gunpoint, but they broke into his hotel yeah, room yeah. and stole everything. And he gave zero facts about that. He actually asked, like, where is my stuff? And there was like, the stuff is not here. He, basically, like, the uh, owner of the hotel does like the joke that uh, Bruce Jr. did when it was like the uh, correspondent dinner. And he made like that stupid joke about uh, where are the people from my distraction? Are they here? Are they here? <laughs> so that's exactly what the owner of the hotel did. He's like, are your stuff here? Is your stuff here? I don't know where your stuff went. Yep. Uh, so he still stays there, but after his sister gets murdered, he gets sent to prison because of being a, complex, a potential accomplice at least. So the lawyer comes back, the lawyers get him out of prison, and then he starts having visions of pigs getting slaughtered. In the prison, like, yeah. there's just like a pig in the shower prison. Yeah, and I was saying, like, what the fuck? Until no one reacts to that. It's okay, it's Mexico, but probably not even, like, by Mexico prison standards, that would be normal. So uh, we start thinking that it's like there is something going on with him, and they even measure about, like, his condition. But we don't know what the condition is. So when he gets released from prison, because he didn't do anything, he resumes his relationship with a shopkeeper. A local. Yeah, a local shopkeeper. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they start, they move in together. And then he basically gets diagnosed that he has brain cancer, a brain tumor. And then he runs away from the hospital, leaving his love interest there. Who's sobbing because yeah. the man she loves yep. has basically inoperable brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Is that then he goes to another hotel, like running away from everything, all the time, running away. Is that multiple times that like his nephews and nieces they just come back, not begging him for comfort, but at least like it's pretty clear that they are devastated about like just not only losing their mother but also losing their uncle. Their uncle, like that, the only remaining. And they insinuate that they're close. The uncle and the niece and nephew, they're close. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually just talks about like, the love interest. It's the first time that we actually have like a clarity about like the relationship. And we are talking about like, is he lying? Is Tim Roth lying about like, what is the relationship that's with uh, not Charlotte Rumbling? Charlotte Gainsbourg. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Charlotte Gainsbourg. God, it's Charlotte Star Gainsbourg. of Melancholia. Well, well, supporting actress. Sure. Uh, uh, but main actress for the uh, Antichrist. <gasps> she jerked Willem off Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he may just come blood. Yep. Oh, God. Yep. That scene is terrifying. Uh, so I think that, that more or less summarizes. You can actually, for part of it, there is a weird thing with the pacing, and you mentioned this yesterday, is that there are times that is like super fast, a lot of stuff happens that it just started you. That there is a point that a couple of guys in a jet ski or a, how you say it, like... Yeah, it's jet ski. A jet ski is like just going to the beach and they just shoot like a bartender. They're and like one they of them, they just say, oh, and, it's like, and they're like completely like, huh. Just taking pictures of it. They go murder, you know, and they're like some metaphorical moments, like the, pe- like the pigs, mm-hmm. you know, or for example, like when the blood turns red with the blood, there is a... Okay, that's interesting. And there are other times that maybe it's like just 20 minutes where nothing really happens. Yeah, so I think you gave an excellent synopsis. I will say that this film is mercifully short at 1 hour and 23 minutes, I think. Yeah. And every all the action you described, almost all the action you described, takes place either in the first 15 minutes or the last 15 minutes. And the middle yeah. is basically Tim Roth drinking beer on the beach 
Yeah, with other people. For yes. like 45 minutes. It's yep. insane. I just look at this. But it's a bit more about like just the kind of uh, reflectful perspective about like, hey, I'm just here. I'm just here. And just my life is like I'm just present here. It's not about like just I'm just trying to achieve like some kind of level of insightfulness or anything. It's a bit more of a being present, you know. And even after Charlotte Gainsbourg, after the mother's funeral, she flies back to Acapulco because she thinks her brother is literally in trouble. Indeed, yeah. And she just runs into him on the beach, drunk, not drunk, but like just drinking beer on the beach. Um, and you think this is the moment where you're going to get some sort of explanation or answers. Why is he behaving this way? Why did he lie about his passport? But you don't. Like... You just I, don't get any fucking answers. I had to, I had to say that the whole movie is built around like I want to decipher this character, or, like what is the motivation? And many characters, everyone feels like confused about like why did you do that? Because even like the consular representative asking, say, why? Why didn't you go to your mother's funeral? And it's infuriating that Tim Roth's character, he doesn't feel compelled or obligated to answer anything. But that's the interesting part. I was thinking about it. It's like we as a society, we have the feeling that there is like only one secret thing. There is like blood, bonds. You have to respect them. You are given to them. It's that you have to deal with them. You are obligated to those. And he was a bit more like, I don't. We don't know why. But it's like he was a bit more like about that. And everyone felt like super confused about like, why? But I will say that the, the script and therefore the film was excellent at not giving you an explanation, but um, basically taking away all the expectations that probably the audience had. Like, is this about money? He's like, no, I don't want to fucking inherit no. the company. This is your company. I'm going to sign it all away. Yeah. Why did you do this? Do you want to have dinner? That was his response. <laughs> and people are infuriated that he won't explain himself. But I was feeling as an, as an American... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think here we have a more individualistic approach yeah. to society. Like, yeah, but in Europe, what, no. what the fuck does he owe you? Yeah. Nothing. He owes you nothing. But the thing is, like in Europe, it's like super bizarre, like the idea of actually just trying to disconnect from your family. Like, yeah. if, especially if you're like just having like a high-end vacation with your family. Is that you're willing to go to Acapulco with them to a vacation that means nothing to you personally? You know, it's not about like he's talking all the time about like this is my dream. I'm amazed. He's like, no, he's just there. And in my opinion, he's uninterested in, in that super polished, sophisticated vacation experience, which is why he leaves the luxury resort and goes to the beach where people get murdered. He, he was like, I want to experience something real. But I don't know if he's really like just looking for a real experience. He's just there. In such a, not even a nihilistic way, but like, I just want to be. And unfortunately, I don't want to pretend. I just yeah. want to be. This film is impossible to talk about, in my opinion, without major spoilers. But like, he alone, besides the family lawyer, knew that he was basically dying. Like he had numbered days, and he was yep. choosing to ex to spend them exactly how he wanted. And everyone else judged him for it. But that's, that's the funny thing when you think about like, hey, if you are told that you only have like a number of days left in your life, how you're going to be like, doing crazy stuff or big stuff or meaningful stuff. He doesn't. He's just like, I just want to be here. And he starts a relationship with the shopkeeper. But it's not like, this is my dream relationship. Or anything. It's a bit more about like, this is a woman that doesn't have any degree, anything related to her. Either 
So to draw parallels with my own relationship with my husband, my husband is the product of his father who never sits down. Even in his 80s today, he is always doing something because he feels like he can't relax. He can never let himself do the things that he actually wants to do. I'm on the other end of the spectrum, the lazy end, where it's like, do I want to sit on the couch for three days and do nothing but watch HBO Max? I'm going to fucking do that. I fucking hate that. People that they just actually just go through life without living it. It's not not living it. It's like, how do I want to spend the next three days? People like you will judge me for watching HBO Max, but that's what I want to do. And I got the greatest amount of happiness from that. And so if we're to draw parallels in our friendship, you're the judgmental Charlotte Gainsbourg who's like, I don't understand your decisions. You should be completely productive. You should be doing something. Okay. But for me, it's like the whole movie, I spent the time. I just tried to think about like, why? Why someone would choose to actually just live life in that kind of way? But why do you have to like understand his decisions? Let him do his decisions and but make, make no, him happy. I'm not, I'm not saying that that actually makes like a better or a worse movie. It's like, I think that actually they, they present in a very smart way. Team Roth character is a puzzle, but maybe it doesn't have a solution. But I think he's only a puzzle because society has put these expectations that one, you need to explain yourself. We need to understand your motivations 100%. Two, if I don't agree with your decisions, you need to convince me why I agree with your decisions. When in reality, the guy is dying of brain cancer. He has, they never say how much time he has left, but if he wants to sit on a beach in Acapulco and just live his life out, he should be able to do that without having to explain anything to anyone. Well, true, but at the same time, he chose a pretty bad time for just detaching from his family. It almost felt like say, look, I'm going to be like just sticking with my family until our mother dies. At that point, it's a, I'm completely off. But it's also a bit of an asshole thing. That is, a, a, if you really like your nephew or nai and niece so much, they just lost their mother too. And you are like, fuck you, guys. I will actually hug you and say, it's the best of lives. But it's that you are not going to be there for them. So... In that regard, I agree with you because I only have one sister. She's the overachiever. She got a doctorate. She's a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. I'm literally the, the lazy one. And I could never imagine just abandoning, abandoning my sister when our mother died. At the very least, I would say, Jess, I'm dying of brain cancer. I don't want to spend my final days dealing with the death of our mother. I'm staying here. I'll give you all the support I can by phone. Yeah. Like, that I get. But also, like, I just felt bitter watching this film that, like, he has so little time left and he's just expected to feel everyone else's expectations. Like, fuck you. But he's a coward because he doesn't really want to face about, like, look, not Charlotte Rumpling. He said, I don't care. He said, <laughs> I'm never going to be remembered. Gainsbourg. 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 Okay. I don't care is that you are like the one that is close with the business, you were probably the one that was closer with her mother. I don't care. Because even when she actually calls to say, I'm going to the hospital because something happened, is that he shows a zero interest on that. He's just like touching the shoulder about it. And then just moving on. Is that probably it's pretty clear. One of the things that I was wondering is that is there implicit or subtext narrative about what was the relationship with the business? Was there something that is that he hated, like the slaughter business, too? I would argue yes, because there's this scene when he's released from prison, and he's he's clearly they never explain anything. Jack shit, do they explain? But he's clearly moving in with his girlfriend, who's a local, 
Yep. And as he, he's moving his bags in, he walks into her home, and what he sees is a pig on the kitchen floor, Smaller. completely dissected. And yeah. so you have to, like, surmise that he's disgusted with the family business. Like, he doesn't... I don't know if he morally disagrees with it, but he, he clearly doesn't want anything yeah. to do with it. Yeah, and that's... I have to say, I really like about, like how indirect the narrative is. You know, it's like it's about like I don't want to be like telling you anything, but the characters are going to be asking the questions that you want to get asked. But I want to be like teasing you because sometimes life doesn't give you the answers that you want, and you have to deal with it. It's like it's life. It's, like it's different human beings. It's something that is like many times Hollywood just gives us like okay, someone's going to be like doing something crazy, and someone's going to be asking you why did you do something crazy, and there's going to be an explanation. In this case, like no. Sometimes we do something that other people are not going to understand and we're going to struggle to explain it. And I could be just the most stupid cinema goer ever for feeling this way, but I You think... went towards this movie now, you're not. But in the last podcast we talked about Hour of the Wolf or Time of the Wolf, the the, um, the Michael Hanukkah. Hanukkah film about like a post apocalyptic world where you're never given any answers, no satisfaction, and I think that was the point of the film was like, yeah. hey, in desperate times you can't expect shit. You're not going to get anything. That's the point of the film. And what I found interesting about this film is that for, what, 70 minutes of the 83-minute runtime, you're not giving any answers. Ultimately, that's what the family was experiencing. So we experienced what Charlotte Gainsbourg was experiencing. And then at the end, we finally understood this is what Tim Roth is experiencing. Yeah, they give you like some these bits, you know, for example, the first time that he talks with a girlfriend about it. He's like, oh, do you have a wife? And he's like, no, I don't have a wife. I have a sister and I have some nephews. And that's it. And I love them. You know, but it's like basically, it's the first time that we start like just stating. And I remember asking you, is, like, is he lying? Could yeah. this actually be true? Because the interaction they had at the beginning, they almost looked like they were a couple. Why would he be there? You know? And also, it was very misleading because you asked me, are they brother and sister? And I said, no, because he's calling her sweetheart, her, my yeah. love. And I don't know if that was like lost in translation from like British English to American English, but I, I'm sure that they wanted oh, to was, be misleading yeah. was about the relationship. Yeah. They only say sister at the towards the very end when he's giving up his share in the billion dollar company and he gets an allowance. Yeah, I mean, the thing is like if he was really his, uh, at that point you would actually do they don't have an alliance. I spent like the whole time after that point about like, already have like an alliance, he's like, no one does. So it was a bit more about like, yeah, now it's clear that they are not married. It was funny because I had you on one side of me and my husband on the other side, and my husband was like, are they divorced? I was like, I don't know. And you were like, are they brother and sister? I was like, I don't think so, but I don't know. <laughs> well, but I only ask after the fact that he says, they say, hey, I have a sister. He was like, is that the sister? That's pretty fucking weird going to Acapulco with your sister. But then it makes sense because at the very beginning of the film, Charlotte Gainsbourg thanks Tim Roth. She's like, thanks for coming with us. Oh, I forgot that. And it was a little bit weird. And he's like, no, I'm happy to. And I just assumed he was like a very wealthy businessman who didn't have a lot of time to go on family vacations. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, there are like clues, clues that there are no way to solve them until I the director or the yeah. screenwriter is like, okay, we're 90, well, 70 minutes in, I'm going to start to explain everything you just saw. Yeah. yeah, that was the only thing that I didn't really like about this movie, that is like, that withholding of information felt like just a plot device. 
It felt manipulative. Yeah. It felt like, look, I could watch this movie again and probably going to be like looking at it in a slightly different way. If it's better or if it's worse, I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know how one my perspective of the first part of the movie would have changed if I knew that they were siblings. So, you and I basically went into this film blind yeah. because this was basically my husband's pick. Um, I have to say that after you left and I actually talked with your husband, I asked him, so about this movie, because I wanted to just like check about like, is this Edonis, is this Michaelis, is this about more of a self-destruction kind of part? He said, what exactly is this? And he told me, well, yeah, I heard that the reviews were good for the movie, so that's the reason why I wanted to watch it. I like it, Pablo. I like it. You don't oh, have you to told him? Yeah. You don't have to excuse yourself. Yeah. So I, I will say that um, Pablo kept trying to talk about the film, and I said, we can't talk about it, we can't talk yeah. about it. And that is a result of, what's the Amy Adams film about the aliens? Like, no, 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 the Arrival. Matthew McConaughey film that came out at the same time, where he went to a black hole, Jessica oh, Chastain Interstellar policy. I was super yeah, moved by Interstellar, Pablo hated it, and I got super upset when he started to shit all over the film as we left, and I was like, you can't talk to me for two hours. So we yeah, have this ongoing yes, joke yeah. about, like, don't talk about it for two hours. So when I told him we can't talk about this, he thought it was a joke. No, but it was because of the podcast. So I explained yeah. to him, and he was super honored that we were actually going to talk about this on the podcast. No, we didn't talk about it yesterday. And it was, like, just biting my tongue when we were on the car. Yeah, it was coming hard. Back, it like, was hard not to talk about it. I like this, but I had the feeling that he didn't like it because you said something when the movie was over. I didn't say anything to him. Until no, to me. He said something to you? No, you did something. You did say something to me. What did I say? There's something about, like, uh, oh. this felt long. I said they managed to make an hour and 23 minutes feel much longer, but that was only in reference to, like, 45 minutes when he was drinking beer on the beach. But it was well played. It was it actually, was, like, yeah. well shot. It was a bit more of a... I need this moment about, like, just, hey, I only have, like... I don't know, maybe like one year left of my life and I'm going to be like spending it not about like traveling around the globe and just getting all the I just want to just chill and give zero fucks about everything there were absolutely moments that felt boring to me but ultimately there were three hours that felt boring to me at the Turin horse but the final what two minutes I was like this was worth it it wasn't that significant for me in this film but at the end of the film I was like I get I get this. I think I get this. And for me, this hour and 23 minutes was well spent. Yeah. It's experimental. I don't think it's like an... It's not a masterpiece. It's not an elevated film. But like, there's something to this film that stuck with me. I think that it's bold. It's bold because it actually plays a bit more like with expectations that we have as a society of our behavior. And usually you don't have characters, like main characters, and you think, like, that's a fucking asshole. Like, but why? What, what exactly did he do that is a fucking asshole? What did he owes to his nephew and his? He doesn't owe anything. So let me ask you this. Did you feel at any point during the film he was an asshole? And if you did, did that opinion change? It did. Yeah. It did at the beginning because I thought that they were married. I said, look, if you are married to someone, you have to just make that your primary thing. Now, we don't know the relationship that he had with his mother. Maybe the relationship that he had with his mother it was terrible, you know? 
So from that perspective, like maybe he doesn't want to get attached to that, or maybe he just received the news that is that you have one year left of your life. Is it? No one is giving a, a crap about his situation. We don't know anything. So is that what more stuff like I started coming up? It was a bit more of a. We don't know exactly what the rest of the world knows about him. We only know what he is presenting here. And I think I could be wrong, but I think that was the point: is that society places yeah. assumptions yeah. and expectations on everyone. When the person they're placing the expectations and the assumptions on, don't owe anybody anything. Like he did the right thing. Besides the funeral with the mother, where I agree he should have given his sister support. Besides that, if you have limited number of days on this earth, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. No, honestly, I thought that it was. He was bold in a subtle way. I would agree with you and i would also argue that while i liked this film i told my husband last night i was like i like this i would also argue that it didn't quite meet its lofty ambitions like this film not to get to the questions could have been better but i completely support the attempt i i enjoyed the experiment let's go let's go for the questions okay let's do it because i I had to say that it was like just parceling my blog, you know, that I actually just could, uh, could finish a question and say, say, I don't know anything about the character, but I want to keep thinking about it. Not because they, all the pieces are there, it's because I... It leaves I you curious. More. Yeah. I want more. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's not that I want a TV show like just going into this, you know, but it's a... It's a bit of a... T-boy, or just make me want more, but at the same time it's not cheap enough for just telling me is that this has been bad. And also we only have one perspective and okay. it's only from Acapulco. While the rest of the family goes back to London, we never see Zero flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. Or zero light projections. Yep. Everything is from Tim Ross perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's a, I have to say, it's like those scenes on the beach, you know, everything that it feels like so unnecessary at the same time is meaningful for yep. his experience. It's what he chose to do with his final yeah. days. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's interesting with the board, the world building that they do. Is like, I mean, I understand that basically when he's on the, on prison and they tell him everything, almost like looking at the camera, it's like, you are the hair of this big industry. That is a, okay, that's a bit of overexposition that you have been like withholding from the audience. Like if we had known they were billionaires, from the beginning, but you knew. changed. No, you knew they you were knew. rich. They were fucking rich. I've been in Mexico. It's like for just having that yeah. kind of spirit, you had to be like fucking rich. I've been to Cabo a number of times. That's not the experience. No, it's not. You know, and we're American. Well, you're American. I'm not. You're close. No, I'm not. Uh, so, would you watch it again? I'm gonna answer no, even though Ooh. I liked the film. I can't ever see myself in five years being like, you know what I we should watch? That like obscure film from 2021 that gave me no satisfaction. I would definitely watch it. And probably like, tomorrow. Even like tomorrow. Like just watching with other people, I just like will spend like the whole movie like just staring at the oppression. I say like, I want to see how you try to decipher. Levenima, the listing Rose character. I'm sure there's a ton of like Easter eggs and hints and stuff you would get a second viewing, but I, I didn't find this compelling enough to, to watch again. Like I would watch Lost Highway before I watch this again. 
but I think that it's a different type of puzzle, you know, it's like... Maybe there is not enough elements here for us to decipher the whole puzzle, but it's fine. Because you only see like a snapshot of his movie, of his life. So from that perspective, it's interesting to see how people culturally try to fill those gaps in a slightly different way. And maybe that's the point, is that we only have snapshots of people. We never have the whole picture, yeah. ever. And the director wasn't interested in giving us the whole picture, and we're left with questions. And yeah, well, now I kind of want to watch it again. Yeah. Oh, you do? You want me to say <laughs> that? No, I'm going to keep it a no, but I'm curious now. Uh, would you recommend it? To the discerning filmgoer, yes, I would be like, hey, this is a this is a film that's going to challenge you a little bit, not a lot. Like it's not the Touring Horse, but like this is an experiment in my mind of like. Where can film go that's a little bit uncomfortable and weird and like outside of the box? Yeah, I would definitely recommend this. To your parents? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would be curious to see Sally how they read. No, I wouldn't be curious because probably they would think about like you wouldn't be here for our funeral. <laughs> uh would you remember it? Honestly, I think so. I think this oh, like you think so? yeah, I think this made quite an impact. Like, I'm not going to remember the 45 minutes in the middle, but the fact that he just made mystifying decisions and his family suffered a little bit, and then the explanation about why he made those decisions. Yes, I think I'll remember this. I'm going to go with no. I feel like this is a film we agree on and disagree on a lot. There is something about it that I have the feeling that is not too memorable. No, no, not from a bad perspective. It's a bit more about like everything is so mellow about it. That is, even when the guy, the bartender, gets shot, he say, "I was like, huh, okay, well, it's like a pool go. You read that just mentioned five times if you are safe." He said, "I wasn't surprised that there was nothing." about it, that it actually just felt like, this, this is the point that I'm going to remember, even like with no Charlie, Char Charlotte Gainsbourg. Well done, well done. No rambling, Gainsbourg. Uh, gets murdered, I was like, huh, okay. Even like with the, uh, with the pig, like completely slaughtered, I was like, huh. Somehow there was nothing that made me actually just shock about this. Yeah, I can see that. So from the perspective is that it's a good experience to watch it. But I don't see exactly what I'm going to be like remembering all it. This is actually a film we should set a date, like three months in the future, and ask each oh, other yeah, what I'm you gonna remember. remember. You're gonna tell me Sundown is like Did we watch it? What was what that movie? Sundown? We saw something called yeah, Sundown? It's, it's a terrible a terrible name. Uh, is there anything artistic about it? Ugh, I, it bums me out to say this, but I'm gonna say no. Outside of the script, I don't think there was necessarily anything particularly interesting about the direction, about the characters. No, I have to say no. I had to say yes, just because of trying. You know, like with the, the pigs. The experiment. The, the experiment. Okay. You know, like the pigs, like the blood on the... Uh... And like the waves in the ocean. Yeah. And yeah. Like, try it at least. I don't want to say that it's like an iconic image, you know, but it's like, 
you put some of your effort into it. Alright, I can see that. I don't want to say that it's like memorable because I don't want to really remember this movie in three months or two. But there was something there. Is it a timeless piece? Yes, 100%. Yeah, no, I agree. It's what you were saying about like this a bit more about like this, the preconception about like what or how you are supposed to behave. Yep. I said that's always going to be in one way or another, like president society. Uh, would you turn this into a TV show? No, I think one hour and 23 minutes was plenty of time in this universe. Yeah, it's... No, there is no reason for getting out of this. Uh, do you think this movie could have been better? To be honest, I don't understand enough about what this film was right now to say yes. So I'm gonna say no. I'm sure the answer is actually yes, but like, I'm so fascinated by what this film tried to be that I couldn't say, well, there should have been stronger direction or there should have been more animated pigs. I don't know. I am going to go with no. I'm going to say that he say, if he's perfect, probably not, but I think that he's a ball attempt. And it's hard to make a ball attempt by nowadays standards. And there's not a glaring problem with the experiment. The experiment may have failed or succeeded, whatever, but it's beautiful how it was. Yep. So, those are all the questions. So, before we score, I want to ask you if you remember. This is going to be an interesting one because it was your pick. The Juniper Tree. Which one? The Juniper Tree. Fuck. <laughs> you picked that one, man. I remember that the New York Times said it was worth watching. I remember that Bjork plays. A pair, one pair and a pair of sisters. Yep. And their mother was a witch. Their mother gets killed. The two sisters flee. They move to a village where ultimately they're accused of being witches. And that's it. And that's it. You don't know what happened <laughs> nope, afterwards? Nothing. You don't know if they are like witches or not? Uh, nope. No, that was a completely disappointing film. And I feel sad saying that knowing we just watched Bjork perform four days ago. Yep. But no, that's a forgettable film, 100%. Okay. So I'm going to go with no, you nope. don't remember it. I do not remember <laughs> No, no, that's completely fair. So, uh, yeah, I don't remember much that at the end they were in five places. Do they get killed? They do, they get run out of town, right? They run out of town. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I remember a little bit, but the answer is no. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I, I don't remember more than that. About like, huh, there were witches. Uh, I remember that we both were disappointed. We did yeah. not like that. And so. I gave her a better. I gave sorry, not her. I gave the movie a better score, just from the perspective that is that it has Bjork, and I feel dirty about like giving her like such a low score. Her, not the movie. Her, her, yeah, like personally. Uh, so should we score some them? Yes, this was my pick. So you have to score first. I'm going to score it with an eight. What? What is it a score? Good for you. So this entire conversation, I've bounced back and forth between 7, 7.5. I'm going to give it a 7.5 based on this discussion. Um, again, I don't feel like it was a successful experiment, but it was an incredibly interesting experiment. But the funny thing is there are sometimes that when we talk about like cinemas that we think that okay, they're trying to do something interesting, but they don't land, probably. I think that this movie lands. 
I just have to say I'm thrilled that you liked it. We did not discuss this film at all after we watched nope. it. I thought you hated it. No, no, I actually just was biting my tongue. You don't understand what you actually Which is why we both today. wanted to discuss it. Yeah, but it's, it was a bit more that I need to talk with your husband because from a psychological perspective, I need to know is that this nihilistic is that what is actually the motivation of actually why why someone will actually behave in this kind of way. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled you liked it, because as we walked out of that theater, I was like, fuck, this is going to be an awkward conversation on the podcast. <laughs> no, I really like it. Actually, when I hear you about, like, well, they made an hour and 20 minutes feel long, and it's like, that was the point. Again, I agree. I completely agree. And I'm willing to, like, be patient and go through those very slow-moving scenes. But, like, you didn't like the Torrent Horse as much as I did. It was fucking three hours of nothing. But come on, three hours of foreplay and then an amazing orgasm. And we agree that the last two minutes is the holy shit. But it's like you actually have to just put up with two hours and fifty-eight minutes of bullshit. That's not worth it. I get it. I get it. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> Alright, so this was your pick. It's going to be my pick next. Ah, ah, that's one of the motivators. One of the motivators for me to come back to San Francisco after like these seven months away. It was in York again together. And we actually talk about the Juniper Tree. I'm gonna go. I want to see another one of his very of her very few active roles. I'm going back to one of our more like to be discussed. Directors that is last one three years. So I want to talk about Dancer in the Dark. Which combines four of my favorite things Tom York, Bjork, Lars von Trier, and, and Sadness. Oh sorry. I don't know what I was thinking about. <laughs> I don't think there is any confirmation that Tom York was involved with this. Uh, absolutely. He was nominated for an Oscar with Bjork for theme of the film. Was he? Because on the on the soundtrack it was actually Tom York and Bjork singing I've seen the world. No, I've seen it all. I've seen it all, yes. Alright, so next time, that's it. Yeah. Anything else to say to our audience? Just wash your hands and don't pet the deer in Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>